Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Now, today we're going to talk about God's war shout. Praise the Lord. We'll be in Isaiah chapter 42. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would quicken the eyes of our understanding to see the simplicity of your word and follow its divine instructions. Now, we thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you for great breakthroughs in Jesus' name. And together we say amen. My friends, before we jump in the scripture, let me say a big thank you to everybody out there who has been supporting our outreach to the Silent Wolves. As you know, that is a branch of the IDF, and uh, we support through our ministry a battalion of 120 soldiers, 117 men, and three women. And uh, I just want to say thank you for the amazing response uh, from the newsletter that we sent out, that it went out to about 5,000 people. But it is really amazing. And we sent the first big wave of financial blessing over there uh, to our uh, man who uh, orchestrates and oversees it for us, and uh, he is going to be distributing that. And I tell you what, it's amazing. They are, they're ready to go. As you can know, they're, they're fighting mad. Uh, you know, in our battalion, uh, we lost a, com uh, the head commander was killed by Hamas over, uh, 20, uh, great, great young men, uh, were killed by Hamas. So, uh, they are rebuilding, uh, they're restrengthening and they are, they're about ready to go in the Gaza, and they're not in a good mood. <laughs> they're happy in their spirits, but uh, they feel the agony and pain of what happened to their brothers, as well as what has happened to the heart of the nation of Israel. And uh, yeah, there's about, there's about to be some lead flying real soon, so keep them in prayer. Uh, we do love them, and uh, we're praying for their protection. And I'll have some amazing videos soon that I can share with you of how your support has helped to equip them and to uh, make their, their life and their job more comfortable. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we are in Isaiah chapter 42. Let's go down to verse 13. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. Did you ever stop to think that Jesus is a man of war? Now, we know Jesus is God. We know Jesus as the shepherd, and sometimes we uh, like to camp in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and we have the imagery that is very, very peaceful. But just like a coin, there can be two sides, and there is also the warrior side of God. And it really is interesting when you read the Bible and you look at all the people that God has killed, all of the wicked people that God has killed. And that is a side of God that we need to understand. And we need to be aware of uh, perhaps what we could call the greatest prison of all time. What's that, Pastor Stephen? Uh, hell. <laughs> because when you go to hell and you're in hell, there's no getting out. And so we want to do all we can to keep people from going to this eternal prison. And uh, we want to turn people to the Lord. But uh, you don't want to get on the wrong side of God because he doesn't lose ever. Praise the Lord. And neither, by the way, is Israel going to lose. What was done to Israel was an atrocity. 
disgusting beyond words. I could say more, but it's, uh, you, you know the news, and uh, in many scenarios, it's worse than what the news can even report. Uh, very, very traumatic things. But God will be fighting with Israel, fighting with the IDF, fighting with the Galani Brigade, the Silent Wolves, as they go in to battle, and God's going to help them to kill a bunch of really bad people. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, it says, the Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. I kind of like what uh, General Patton said years back, because he would uh, you know, work with the American soldiers, and the American soldiers would say, we're willing to lay down our lives for our country. And he said, that's nice, but we, you can't operate with that philosophy. Well, what was Patton's philosophy? You must be willing to make them lay down their lives. Because <laughs> uh, they're willing to die too. So let's go ahead and accommodate them. They, they're willing to die? Good. We're going to kill them all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you need a guy like Patton uh, who understands the the thrust of war, which is to what? Which is to win. And uh, uh, sadly, but truly, that means you've got to kill them before they kill you. Praise God. So we see that God is a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. There is no such thing as a silent, whimpery shout. A shout has volume to it. He shall prevail against his enemies. Now, when you speak and when you use words, and I'm talking about when, you, when you're speaking in faith, when you're speaking in the uh, authority of the Lord, when you're operating in the anointing, have you ever noticed that when you speak, it's not just your mouth uttering words. When you're into it and your heart's into it and your faith is high, your diaphragm is into it. And those of you that have been trained in singing, Maybe uh, in other areas of speaking and things like that, a, a lot of radio DJs and all of uh, those type of people, they understand you can't just speak from your vocal cords because you wear yourself out. They have a strength, but it's, it's not that long. So the strength actually comes from your diaphragm, and that's what gives that volume, and that's what allows you to have that, uh, that power. But when you're talking with authority, you're actually putting your whole body into it. Uh, and I'm not just talking about even your diaphragm, but even sometimes your arms and maybe getting up on your toes. And that's what is involved really in a shout. You're putting everything into it. And sometimes even more, there can be uh, a prophetic anointing where it's not just a, uh, a prophetic shout, but oftentimes it can be accompanied with a stomp, or maybe you, you stomp your feet. See, you have to understand that in the spirit realm, the shout of faith is the bulldozer against satanic opposition. It is a bulldozer they can't stop. And your shout of bold faith sends terror, it sends confusion, it sends bewilderment into the camp of the enemy. And it's that shout that literally drives a bulldozer right through their stronghold. Praise God. So shouting is the language of victory for the believer, and shouting is the expression of breakthrough. So if you really want to experience breakthrough in your life, you've got to get down the shout. 
And I'm talking to you today. I feel, I feel the militant type anointing. I've got a nice backdrop to kind of go with the flow. But I want you to understand that we are in a new season. And it is, the, it is time where you get your shout out. Woo, praise the Lord. You've got to, maybe you've had it in the closet, or maybe you tried it a little bit every now and then. But you really need to know the power of the shout. I've had it happen in my life. Uh, at times, that anointing will get real strong. Maybe I might be in a public place, and maybe I, I'm just fed up with hearing God's uh, name blasphemed. And uh, sometimes I might, uh, and I've, I've done it many times, but like, but like in a public place. Uh, by the way, be careful who your friends are. If you get around uh, people like me, I, I would never want to embarrass you, but I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And sometimes I've just screamed out in public, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, why would they curse God's name? Why does every other word coming out of their mouth in front of even little children and women have to be some profane curse word? And sometimes I just think, well, if they're going to curse out loud in a public place, I'm going to, I'm going to praise God out loud. Now, if you've got some of that in you, can you imagine if you and I got together? <laughs> I was... Uh, I had gotten up one time at about three in the morning to go pray, and I was uh, at this, uh, it was actually a little earlier than that, but it was a beautiful park-type place, and uh, I was having a tr tremendous prayer time, and these young, young people came out and began to vandalize the park that I was actually praying in, but I was behind uh, some bushes. They never saw me, but I, of course, was disturbed out of my prayer time, and I watched as this group of uh, uh you know, like uh, early 20s, late teens began to uh, vandalize equipment and curse and stuff like that. And of course, it's pitch dark and they're, they're having at it. And then they paused. I guess they got tired and I kind of let it, I just watched them for a moment. Then they, then they paused just for a second. When they did, I jumped out of the bushes and screamed with a supernatural empowerment. I mean, a volume came out of my voice, and I screamed, hallelujah, and it shook them to the core. Some of them actually froze in terror, <laughs> and I launched into a sermon where literally it's like fire came down. They were, they were just like in total pandemonium and fear, and I, uh, I rebuked them the way those uh, she-bears came out of the forest and devoured and ripped apart uh, those 42 young people. Amen. Well, I tell you what, there is something where the war anointing uh, accompanied with the shout, uh, it's like a bulldozer, and it'll just roll right over, uh, uh, you know, the opinions of men. Who cares what they think? I'm going to shout, amen. And, uh, but I tell you, it's got a punch to it. You should try it sometime. And not only that, I believe prophetically you'll discover it. Sometimes, yeah, there's the stomp. Even like sometimes prophetically there's the punch, praise God. And um, we understand that uh, we're up against spiritual wickedness. Uh, but sometimes, listen to me, those with physical ears, they need to hear it too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory, glory to God. By the way, just like God told Jeremiah, you, you pull up and tear down and then you rebuild. Every time God's had me unload the cannons of conviction and preaching the fire, uh, then once the hearts have been laid bare, then he'll have me uh, come then with the gospel of repentance. Get right. Right now is your opportunity. Praise the Lord. And many have come to the Lord that way. And by the way, that's the way that for some, that's the only way they'll come. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
<laughs> oh, glory. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. So the war anointing involves a shout, and it helps you to prevail against your enemies. By the way, verse 11 is very interesting. Let me just loop back to that just for a moment. Verse 11 says, Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar inhabits. Uh, it says, The villages that Kedar inhabits. Uh, this is interesting because Muhammad actually can't, he claimed descendancy from Abraham, but he claimed it through Ishmael's second son, who was named Kedar. So uh, we know that Abraham had the relationship with Hagar, and they produced the son that caused all kinds of problems, who was Ishmael. Ishmael went on to become the father of the Arabs, and of course the uh, Kedars are of uh, Arab descent and could trace their lineage back to uh, Ishmael himself. So what we're actually looking at here is insight into the last days in which there is going to be a great revival amongst the Arabs. The word Arab actually in its base meaning means mixed race. So those of the Middle East, uh, not including the Jews, but others, uh, all the little tribal groups and all of the uh, different type of ethnic, uh, ethnicities all throughout that part of the world uh, have merged together in what is known as the Arab. And uh, you did have this uh, one tribal area in Saudi Arabia that was known as the, uh, what we see here, the Kedarites. And they also uh, branched off into uh, northern Syria. But uh, we're going to see a great revival. Uh, it's been prophesied by many great prophets. Uh, Dr. D.G.S. Dinakaran said that Jesus told him in a personal vision that one of the great signs of the last days will be a phenomenal revival amongst the Arabs. Now, we know that most Arabs are Muslim, so we could technically say there is going to be a move of God's Spirit in many Many Muslims are going to come to Christ. And yes, the blood's going to flow. There's going to be a lot of martyrs uh, because the enemy is going to contest that. But there, there will be those amongst them that will want Jesus over even uh, physical life. And uh, they're going to receive the martyr's crown and uh, they're going to make it. And uh, untold millions upon millions are going to come to Christ. Praise God. Now, let's talk a little bit more about this prophetic shout one of the great weapons of war in God's arsenal. Joshua chapter 6, verse 16. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now you understand the statement, the Lord has given you the city, something that God already told Joshua is a faith-based statement. The walls are still there. The guards are still on the walls and upon the towers, and the inhabitants are still locked in tight. But now is the prophetic decree to shout. And it, what is it? It is a shout of faith, faith, faith that's based upon God's Word, which builds faith. And so I like to say it like this. Faith comes from hearing God talk. So God talking through His Word, God speaking the anointed rhema, uh, word to you, speaking the now prevalent word to you, and hearing God talk is what builds faith. 
And so the command is shout for the Lord has given you the city. So an expression or a release that I believe God has given me that city. I'm going, you better believe I'm going to shout. There is, and again, there's no such thing as a quiet shout. Mm-mm. Now you may never shout out loud in public uh, like I've done sometimes, even in very dignified places, such as very fancy restaurants and places like that. But look, if sinners have such braveness to out loud do their stuff, uh, God's got some of his uh, that can be even louder. There is there is a super that God could put on your natural ear. It is so loud, they can cover their hands and still it's like it goes right through them with like a reverberation of terror. <laughs> I had a pastor one time years back. We were all young. We were in our early 20s. And uh, he had gotten saved out of a very, you know, hedonistic back- background. And he used to go to all of the real hard rock concerts, all of the ones that were just, you know, it's nothing but drugs, uh, sexual immorality, and, uh, you know, wild living. And he was at one of those concerts, and uh, uh, he was waiting in line with, you know, thousands of others to get their ticket to go through the door into the uh, arena. And there was a street preacher out on the street. And he, he, you know, he wasn't said, you know, this man who became a pastor wasn't saved or anything. And he said, that man lifted up his voice and, and said, repent. And he said, the force of it, he said, went through me. He said, I couldn't enjoy the concert. He said, all I could think about was that force of that man's statement that went, that hit me so strong. It's, it was like the roar of a lion. Mm-mm. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever gotten too close in the zoo to the lion's area? <laughs> You've heard my silly story when I was in college and me and my friend, uh, it was like midnight. We're up in the dorm room just talking and he and he had a crazy idea. He said, Stephen, let's go sneak into the zoo. <laughs> I said, well, why not? <laughs> you know, you're young and stupid and uh, really not walking close to God like you should. You know, anything that's exciting. You might just do it if you don't have a lot of wisdom. So we climbed over the wall of the zoo and uh, finagled our way here and there. And before you knew it, we were in. We were in the zoo. It's like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. And we were kind of walking around. But, you know, you're walking around amongst animals that are in cages, but they're they're still animals. So it's like you're like walking around like guard dogs that are like way beyond dogs. And so uh, we could hear like the like the lion kind of begin to rumble a little bit, like you knew like somebody's in here that's not supposed to be in this uh, perimeter. So for some reason, because we were kind of like having in some places to crawl on our hands and knees, because there was a security guard that worked the night shift. It's a pretty big zoo, but you know, so we were um, crawling on our hands and knees, and we could sometimes couldn't really see the direction of where we're going, and we got too close to uh, where the lion's uh, area was at. And that lion let out a roar, and it, you, it w- uh, went through me and my friend. I mean, it went through us. We <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Man, if the lion doesn't kill you, the roar will, right? I'm telling you, your shout is a bulldozer that just goes in and wrecks havoc in the camp of the enemy where we, we got away from that lion's area just as fast as we could. 
And before we could get out of the place that night, my friend got caught. The security guard saw him, and I felt so sorry for him while he was getting kind of like taken away back to the uh, security office that I just jumped out of the bushes. I said, well, you might as well take me too. <laughs> I'll never forget the look on his face. He said, what, there's two of you? <laughs> Are there any more of you? <laughs> And when they found out, we went to the college, they let us go and just realized, you know, that's what college kids can do. So anyhow, no harm done uh, and a good story learned, uh, learned about the, the force of the shout as exhibited through the lion. And the greater lion is the lion, of course, of the tribe of Judah. Praise God. So shout for the Lord has given you the city. There can be that prophetic decree where you believe if, the, if it's paid off before you even have paid it off, you shout. God says, now shout. I've given it to you. You know, the Lord gave my wife that word within three days, all the money for the land will be in. I, what did I do? I shout it. I shout it. I believe it. And I shout it. It's done. Praise God. And within three days, actually right around two, all the money had come in. Praise God. Now verse, uh, let's go to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout. Now, there is the individual shout, but when we get together, there's a corporate shout, and it has an amplified, magnified, squared uh, volume that goes off in the spirit realm, that the wall fell down flat. <laughs> <laughs> now, we know that the angels were involved in this, but also you have to understand these are spiritual weapons, and you don't need to understand everything about how they work because, again, we are dealing with kingdom mysteries. And the reason that it's a mystery is because we're pulling something out of the spirit realm and we're actually utilizing it in the natural and it's working to affect the natural, but it's happening from the spiritual dimension. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So a great shout of faith releases God's great power into your situation. And the shout is the language of victory that takes place when you're taking territory and winning battles in war. Mm -mm. So I, right now, I really do believe that the, the global church collectively, not just the American church, not just perhaps like a, a, a local church, but the global church worldwide collectively is standing now at Jericho. And we've crossed the Jordan, and there is now the need to have an understanding of the battle cry, the shout, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, to know its mighty power. Now, let's go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Many, of course, of you will be familiar with this. Let's drop down to verse 14. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and of course we do, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, not with a whimper, not with, I'm sorry to, dis uh, uh, to disrupt your plans. I know that you're having a church barbecue today. Uh, I'm sorry, we'll have to leave the kebabs behind. No, he's coming back with a shout. 
and it'll be drop everything. We're going up, and we're going up right now, and you'll be shouting too. Glory to God. We'll all be shouting. <laughs> well, how is he going to introduce himself with a shout, and we'll all hear it? We'll all hear it. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Praise God. My God. Hallelujah. Get ready. Get ready. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, if Jesus can shout, you can too. You need to have that uh, revelation uh, of understanding of that knowledge within you because we are now in a very, very interesting season. Let me read this to you. First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. It says of the sons of Issachar. Now one of the 12 tribes of Israel, of course, would be Issachar of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So Issachar was a tribe that was looked to by the other tribes as having a prophetic anointing to know how's How's God moving right now? What is the focus right now? What is the emphasis or the thrust of what God is doing right now? Because what season are we in or what Kairos moment are we in now that we should give our attention to? My friends, I, I'm, I'm here before you today to say that we are in a different season right now. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. About 15 years ago, I had the privilege of spending uh, all day long with Bob and Bonnie Jones. They actually picked me up and hosted me and my wife for the entire day and, uh, you know, showed us all around everything that they knew and just uh, talked and talked and uh, poured a lot into us. And uh, we met them uh, the next morning and uh, just uh, Bob really tried to pour as much as he could into me for a uh, full one-day period. But um, I was wanting to ask him a question because at that time my ministry logo was the hawk. And I knew that the hawk was a war bird. I knew that it was a representation of Cyrus, who God had raised up to uh, work a deliverance and restoration for the nation of Israel. So I knew that it was a type of... uh, apostolic and prophetic ministry that had an edge to it that maybe we could say would be like aggressive or militant. And so I wanted to ask him about that. So that day I was actually standing there and I'm thinking, not didn't say anything. And of course, Bob hadn't looked at my website. He does. I don't even know if he knew how to use a computer, but uh, I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking in my mind, I want to ask him about the hawk. And he looked at me and said, it's not the season of the hawk. He literally read my thoughts and he said, it's not the season of the hawk. He said, right now it's the season of the dove. My friends, um, when he said that I actually kind of like sighed, I was like, I, I was disappointed, but I knew that what he was saying was of the Lord. I knew that was the timing, but Israel is at war. My friends, things have changed. We are now in the season of the hawk. The anointing of the sons of Issachar uh, would declare, the prophetic voice would say that is no longer a peace season. It is a season of battle. It is a season now of go take Jericho and shout, God's given it to you. Woo, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm-mm. And we, know, we need to know what season it is so that we can capitalize on it and move with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, 
I want to go just a little bit deeper into the emphasis of the season that we're in right now. And this is very, very important because Israel is at, at war, literally. And what is happening right now is that God is fulfilling personal prophecy. I do not. I do not say that lightly. But you're in a season right now of prophetic fulfillment, and you need to be aware of that. Okay, so I want to take you now to 2 Kings, which I've preached on many times, 2 Kings chapter 2, but I want you to join me specifically in verse 9. Let me get, grab another drink of hot tea. Praise the Lord. Now this is verse 9. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Let me comment on that just for a moment. In our Western mentality, we think that a double portion means that if you have a uh, a cheeseburger, and you've got one beef patty, a double means that now you've got two beef patties. Uh, the double means that if you have two, now that God doubles it, now you've got four. Okay, I, I can understand that, and I do believe that we could allow that interpretation, and I do believe that if you study the miracle ministry of Elijah, it does appear that there's eight recorded miracles, and you're looking later at Elisha. At, by the time he concludes his ministry, we're, we are pretty much looking at 16. But let's go back to more of a Hebraic, uh, Middle Eastern, biblical mindset of the double portion. Anytime a Hebrew person would hear the phrase double portion, they're not thinking twice as much. They're actually thinking birthright. Okay, so when you go uh, back to the first mention of double portion, that is referring to what uh, is known by theologians in Scripture as the law of first mention. And that law of first mention sets a standard way of interpreting what has been uh, spoken of. And you can kind of go back to that, even if it's used again or happens again later in Scripture, you go back to the original time, and you can draw the primary uh, meaning out of that original meaning. So he says, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So the double portion, if, uh, if you had three sons and the oldest one got the double portion, then what you would do with the three sons is that the father, he would set apart four portions and the two sons would each get a portion and the third son, the oldest one, he'd get two. Okay, so that's how that worked. That's what the double portion was. Praise God. And so Elisha is basically saying, I want to be the guy that stands in your place. There's many sons of the prophets, but I want to be the one that uh, gets to carry this on and continue with the legacy. In other words, I want to be the firstborn. I want that double portion. I want to be like your eldest son. I want you to validate that for me. And that's actually what happened. And, and as well as things being doubled. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, verse 10. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Now, is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer to that is no. 
it's not too hard for the Lord, but it is hard in the sense where if that's what we want, it could demand a lot out of us. Uh, and it could be something that would be out of the ordinary and uh, usually to achieve something that is very rare. You have to do something very rare. In other words, there needs to be something on your part that's willing to put skin in the game. And so we come back to the question or the statement, you have asked a hard thing. Now, the beloved saint, Teresa of Avila, a great teacher, by the way, in the body of Christ, she had, a, she had an amazing quote. She said, you pay God a compliment by asking great things of him. This is what the Lord has put upon my heart uh, of what has taken place over the last decade, is that the church has gotten very comfortable in asking for very easy things. And so uh, we're asking God for maybe a car, or asking God, like, God, help me start a business, or we're asking God to help us pay a phone bill, or we're asking God to... Um, you know, help us to do something that maybe we think is big and God's just like, I wish somebody would honor me by asking me for something that's great. <laughs> but a lot of times we think, well, I, I, uh, who am I to ask God uh, for something that's great? It's not so much who we are, although we are in him. It's who he is. So we, we in many ways should ask for something great for if nothing else, for the sole being of let's do something great so that God can do it and he's glorified instead of just getting all of these little things all the time. So the thing that the Holy Spirit really, really emphasized to me, according to the season that we're in right now, is that you need to ask God for the hard thing. Wow. Now here's, here's why. Now, please hang with me on this. Here's why you need to do this, because God is actually going to do it. And if you ask God for the goofy thing, the easy thing, if you ask God for a mediocre thing, because that's the way you're living, that is actually what you're going to get. Because the thing that you ask him for, he's going to do it. We are in a season right now of prophetic fulfillment. We have gone to war and we are driving the enemy out and we are taking the land and God is fighting with us and it's actually happening. Woo. Praise the Lord. So he's going to do it. So since you're going to ask, you might as well just go for it and, and just tell the Lord what it is you really want. Praise God. <laughs> Don't water it down. You might as well just do it. it is it a hard thing? Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say it's, it's something normal. I'm going to say, yeah, you're, that's, you're, yeah, you're really going for it. But I'm telling you, by the anointing of the sons of Issachar, the anointing of the spirit of where we're at right now, it is the time to ask God for the hard thing. Because if you ask him for that silly, mediocre, half-baked thing, and he does it, you, you'll kick yourself for the next decade. For the next decade, you'll look at yourself in the mirror and say, what in the world was wrong with me? Knowing that God was going to do it, and I didn't ask him for what I really wanted. And now I've got this, which I'm thankful for, but I could have had the gold standard. Mm -mm. All right, this is what I want you to do.
I want you to write down uh, the thing that you want to ask God for and ask him. And I want you to write it in your Bible right here by 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 10. Write it right there. Write it so that every time you ever go to this portion of Scripture in your Bible, you see it. You see it. And for some of you, what you're about to write will actually be done not in 25 years or 40 years. For some of you, it's actually going to get done within a one-year time period or sooner. And you need to write it down or else you might, you might just think, I, I can't hardly even believe it. Better write it down and ask him. Praise God, because this is the moment we're in. Asking for the hard thing. Praise God. Glory. Now, let me say this. God works with your choice. God doesn't tell you whether you should eat your eggs scrambled or over easy. That's up to you. After all, does God eat eggs I mean, like, come on. I, I know that Jesus, you know, with a physical body, he can come here and eat fish and he can eat an egg. But this, the great Jehovah, Father, sitting on a throne, does he actually eat a chicken egg? No. You, you choose how you want your egg, okay? You choose what color you like. God made all the colors. What makes you happy? Magenta pink, you know, uh, electric blue, deep sea uh, foam green. I, I, I don't know. What, what? What makes you happy? Okay, so what I'm trying to say is that when you ask, you might be saying, well, Pastor Stephen, that's, that's just me asking. Well, of course it's you asking. Oh, I mean, what's, is, is a monkey going to ask on your behalf? <laughs> Does a monkey have any interest in like uh, what color drapes look best? No, this is your life. This is your world. You have to make the choice. You have to sit down and think, yeah, this is what I want. You might have to look at something all day before you decide so that you can ask accurately. But the bottom line is, you do need to ask. So you need to choose. And if you don't, if you don't do it soon, you're going to miss the anointing of that's, that's open right now. The, the, the anointing right now is the anointing to ask, but it's a window. It's a window. And if you don't do it within this, and I don't know how long it's going to last, maybe, maybe only three months, but if you don't do it within, within this window, it'll be, begin to close real quick. And then if it's done in the flesh, you won't get any results. So ask. And that depends on a lot of that is like what you choose, what you actually want it to be. Big, small, uh, you know, red, blue, uh, used, new. I don't know. what it's, it's up to you. But you need to choose and you need to ask and write it down. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, anybody that you know, follows my ministry, listens to my teachings. Um, I'm probably not going to have this opportunity, but if, if you're following my teachings and you consider me to be your international pastor, I hope that if I were to ask you, Hey, open your Bible. What did you write in second Kings chapter two? I hope that if you were to open your Bible, it's not going to be unmarked. I hope that there's something in there that you write. <laughs> So do something. If not for the glory of God, do something at least just to humor and honor your pastor. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll write Pastor Steve, but I'm going to ask Jesus for a pair of new shoes. D do something. Do something. Praise God. But please 
do the great thing. Ask God for the hard thing. Forget the shoes. Maybe you're supposed to have a shoe company and you're, you're, you're producing, you know, 3,000 3, pairs of shoes a day. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Write it down. Praise God. And when you do, get your shout out. Start shouting. This is the season of the war shout. This is the season of the battle cry. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching, that are listening, and you're really grabbing, you're really, really grabbing some of them like a magnet today because it's a destiny magnet, pulling them along. I pray, Father God, that you help them to very clearly identify, and it could be more than one thing, but let them ask for the hard thing. Let them write it down. And I thank you that they're going to see your miracle power, raw power. And I thank you, Father, you're going to, you're going to just jerk them with an anointing where they stand up and shout, it's done. And they'll get hit with that, and maybe they'll dance. Some will dance it in. Some will stomp as, as a prophetic act. They're stomping on the enemy. And, and in the spirit realm, they are. Woo, glory, 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 glory to God. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. Let us use your mighty weapons of war, the war weapon of the shout of faith. Bless your people in Jesus' name, where we all say Amen. Woo. Praise the Lord. Glory. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then of course you're lost because you don't know him and you need to know him because everybody has the same problem. It's a sin problem and we were born with it. And when you reach the age of accountability, which is when you know right from wrong and you know, and then we go into life with the sin nature uh, you have to have something to deal with that or else our sins separate us from God. So if you would like to have Jesus permanently fix your sin problem, then I want you to pray with me. I'm going to lead you in prayer and you can be saved. Now, if you used to be a Christian and you fell away, you went off into the world and uh, went back uh, to the vomit and the filth and you realized, wow, uh, I really got suckered, Pastor Stephen. Come back right now, and the blood of Jesus will wash you clean, whiter, whiter than snow. Let us all pray together. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. Save me now. Wash me with your precious blood, clean and whiter than snow. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. And step inside of me right now and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. The weight's gone, isn't it? It's gone. Your sins is gone. He has saved you. Just say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. I praise you. I praise you. Amen. Do something you've never done before. Shout and say, I have been saved. <laughs> Woo! Glory, glory. God is good. God is good. Now, if you are a Christian, you can take Holy Communion. Grab some uh, unleavened bread or a little piece of bread or cracker, okay? And uh, grab some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, grab what you've got. Not alcohol, okay? Grab, grab what you've got, you know, apple juice or water or grape, you know, preferably grape juice. If you don't have some grape juice, go out and buy you some. And let's take Communion. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We pray over it now, and we set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is a kingdom mystery. This is now the body and the blood of Jesus. 
Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we receive the revelation of the mighty weapons of war, of the shout of faith. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Let us not be quiet when we must shout. We thank you, Father, for all of our walls falling down. We thank you for every enemy being abolished and conquered out of our life and grace to set others free as well. Thank you, O God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the Lord's body. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Let's protect together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, his mighty cleansing power. We thank you for the blood. We thank you that we are protected, that we are safe. We are under the blood canopy protection, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Father, we thank you. We give you all of the praise for uh, protection. We thank you for the blood cleansing our mind. We thank you, Father, we live in a dirty, sinful, fallen world, but... We're like a fish in the water. The water, we're in the water, but the water is not in us. We thank you, Father. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light, the city set on the hill that cannot be hidden. Thank you, Father God, that your glory is shining upon the church in increasing levels. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father God. We now receive the blood of Jesus. Thank you, O God. Amen. Let's protect together. Woo, praise the Lord. Let me put the giving link up on the screen right now. Ways in which you can support the ministry as we're continuing to send this gospel all over the world. Thousands of people on podcast. I think uh, I, uh, the Apple podcast is the biggest one, uh, followed by Spotify. And then on down the list it goes. We have thousands uh, every week that are listening by podcast, of course, YouTube also, and uh, live stream. Live stream, of course, doesn't smooth uh, or doesn't stream as smooth as YouTube because YouTube puts millions upon millions of dollars so that their logarithms and their streaming is real smooth. But, um, you know, there's just different platforms. We thank God for all of them. And, of course, the great outreaches we have on Television, praise the Lord, broadcasting every week three times out of Bethlehem, Israel, to the nation of Israel. By the way, those down south, including the Gaza Strip and that area, they also hear it. Are they, are they watching? It's shocking who's actually watching uh, those messages three times a week. We are on the Holy Land Broadcasting Network as well as having a satellite footprint now reaching over 3 billion potential viewers. Thank you for making this possible. We all share in the harvest together. Get ready. God's about to touch you in some very, very profound and prophetic ways. Praise the Lord. The giving link again is up on the screen. You can uh, either mail your offering in or you can go online and send in something special. And let me say again, thank you for helping us to be a blessing to the Galani Brigade. Amen. They love us and we love them. Uh, those young men and women need our prayers. Israel has an enemy like very few do. And uh, it's a privilege for us to stand with them. Never forget, Jesus is a Jew. He came uh, to the Jews 
And it's because of the Jews that we have the Old Testament scriptures, and we thank God for uh, for them, and we thank uh, we thank God for the nation of Israel giving us our Jewish Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah! Woo! Praise God! Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord! Thanks for your support. Thank you for your prayers for me and Pastor Kelly and our team here. And I'm praying for you. I look forward to seeing you back real soon. Have a great week. God bless you. Bye-bye.